This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together as always. As always, a lot happening in the swamp. You can get it all from me because I am in the swamp, not of the swamp. I'm up in Washington, D.C., delivering it to you live and hot and topical. It is hot up here. Whew, man, it's hot and humid. Uh, the swamp, it is the swamp right now. You really feel it. Well, welcome, welcome. Please visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com to uh, get clued in and to follow everything thing that we're doing proamericareport.com you'll see their standalone interviews it's been a banner week we had horowitz this week we had uh the um the uh uh the author uh, excuse me the publisher eric campman talking about uh, excuse me republic book publishers we have had um uh folks that are on the grassroots uh who are out there checking things out including uh rick elkin he's got a new book out we'll hear later on this week from lee smith uh and we will also hear from um tomorrow i think it is Kyle Olson. Uh, we'll hear from Lee Smith today, actually. Sorry, I'm looking at the, the, strat, the spread. Kyle Olson tomorrow, who's over at Breitbart.com about the infrastructure plan. What a mess it is. John Schlafly coming up. And if you go to ProAmericaReport.com, you can get an interview that I did with Todd Benzman from a few days ago. Center for Immigration Studies. It's spectacular. It's important. I've been passing it around. People can't believe it about how the border is wide open and it is damaging to America. Go there. Check it out. ProAmericaReport.com. Also, sign up for the day Daily email, what you need to know, the Daily Wink. And it goes out 8 a.m. East Coast, 5 a.m. Pacific. Just put your email address in there. No extra charge. Nothing. Nothing. I just want to I know sell your email address. Don't give it away. No nothing. Just make sure that you are uh, in the loop. Okay. Um, today, I would like to renew my advocacy for the case for Speaker Trump. The case for Speaker Trump. Now, I believe I was the first one to bring this up, I don't know, seven, six, seven months ago, before even the election was finally settled. I was saying that in 2022, well, let me be clear. It was after the president left office, President Trump, because I was saying in 2022, no one in MAG America will believe that the election is free and fair if we don't get to the bottom of the 2020 election irregularities. But except I said the one way you could motivate people Mog America to the polls is the case is Speaker Trump, Speaker Donald J. Trump. Think about it. He would be number three in line. He's already been president. He's already had all the vetting and the background checks. He'd be there. It'd be President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and then Speaker Trump, the case for Speaker Trump. Now, a couple things. Why? One, politically, if you want to change the direction of the country, you cannot change presidents in mid uh, uh, term absent a death or impeachment. We'll get to that later. Both of those. But we'll get to that later. And uh, but you can change the speaker. And number two. The Speaker of the House is really the only dictator in American politics. If you're the president, if you're the head of the Senate, you're basically, you know, corralling cats. If you're president of the United States, you have a ton of power, but you're hemmed in by the Constitution, by the courts and by Congress and by federalism, at least uh, if you, you hope so. But Speaker of the House, once the House, once the House caucus, the majority House caucus, in this case, it was the Democrats, they vote in their caucus. They say Nancy Pelosi. Then they go out on the floor and a majority of the of the House members, because the Democrats have a majority, they vote for her. She's in charge. She's in charge of the Capitol. She's in charge of the House. She's in charge of the calendar. She's in charge of everything. Who gets what uh, who gets what committee seat, who gets what office seat, uh, office um, space. All that is controlled by one person, Speaker of the House. So. 
You see the abuse that's going on. Nancy Pelosi, dictator Pelosi, she's gone from being worth $30 million to being worth $130 million approximately. We've heard some of the conversation about that. I, I think a couple of days ago we were talking uh, with uh, one of the reporters, uh, Lee Smith. Lee Smith was writing about it. We'll ask him about it today. Uh, he was writing about it. Oh, and then he appeared. I'm, I'm, re- I'm remembering from my notes uh, in preparing for the interview with Lee Smith. Uh, Lee Smith appeared on Rumble on one of the programs talking about Pelosi's massive wealth increase. So she's made herself wealthy. She's the dictator. And what has she done? Well, the most glaring thing she's done now is recently she said to the uh, the select committee of January 6th uh, to investigate January 6th, she said to the Republicans, go ahead, send us some names. They sent some names and she refused them. So the Republicans did the only thing they could do is say we're not going to participate, which is what Nancy Pelosi wanted anyway. Be rest assured, the select committee on January 6th is aimed entirely at CNN and MSNBC. It's the new version of the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, and it will take place from uh, nine, uh, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. East Coast time every weeknight in, starting in September through December. It's designed to be the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax to brainwash half the American people. And Nancy Pelosi knows she has a willing partner in big tech and big media. That's what she's doing. But she's the dictator. You can't stop her. You know, she could stop anyone from serving on any committee. She could decide that she's so fed up. And you saw it. She took uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene off of committees. She made ostensibly had a vote of the of the body. But that was because she told him what to do. If you talk to people that are freshmen in the House, U.S. House, they'll tell you you have very little power, especially if you're in the minority, but even in the majority, because what's going on is what the speaker wants. Okay, so Pelosi is abusing things. And let's be clear on one more thing. A a real January 6th investigation would get to the heart of why Nancy Pelosi's staff, which is in charge of the Capitol, and perhaps even Pelosi— told the Capitol Police to stand down, refused the National Guard or the, I guess I think it's the National Guard or any other aid. Why? Either incompetence, not listening to, you know, concerns, or wanting to stage a uh, protest that goes wacky. I don't know. I'm not saying I can't say for sure. I can't tell you. But if we really got to the bottom of January 6th, we might find some of those answers out. But back to this. Imagine Speaker Trump, okay, He's in charge of the budget. He could fund the wall. He'd be at the negotiating table with Joe Biden and and, and Chuck Schumer to, to, to fund the wall. He'd be able to block international treaties, the Iran deal, any treaties with uh, China, because that has to go through the House. Here's one for you. If Joe Biden passed away or retired, resigned, you have to have Kamala Harris moves up to be president. And then the person who becomes the vice president has to be confirmed. Wait for it by the House and Senate. So Speaker Trump gets to say. And during the period when Kamala Harris is president and there's no VP, guess who is number two? Speaker Trump. Now, the last one, which is very rich, of course, and I can only imagine the joy it would that would take place. Speaker Trump could appoint a select committee on the 2020 election. Speaker Trump could appoint a select committee on the misconduct of Hunter Biden. Speaker Trump could appoint a, could appoint a select committee to investigate the Durham report. Go down the list. And Speaker Trump could easily appoint the members to a committee to prepare articles of impeachment. And if the Senate won't impeach, excuse me, the Senate won't vote to convict on impeachment, that's their problem. But he could impeach 
Joe Biden and then Kamala Harris. And he could do it on the grounds. Look, I don't know if there are there. I don't know if there are anything there yet, but they certainly need to investigate it. And, and, you know, I, I might impeach Joe Biden based entirely on his uh, conduct or his administration's conduct at the border. But at this point, it looks like it may be possible to impeach or at least call before the body the people who are, I don't know, uh, spying on Tucker Carlson. I don't know. How about we have a select committee on top secret clearances and the people who retire from office or from a position and then use them on MSNBC, CNN and, and Fox News? You miss you, Mr. Brennan. You, Mr. Clapper, you, Mr. Comey, you, Mr. McCabe. You notice, by the way, you notice all of those are in one direction. They're all liberals that hate Trump. They're all liberals that uh, are, are against, in my opinion, America. You don't hear a lot about conservative guys. You don't say, oh, well, look at that. There's a there's a really conservative guy who's out there attacking Biden, who had uh, who had top secret clearance until a few months ago or still might have it. So the case for Speaker Trump, Nancy Pelosi has proven that she thinks she's a dictator. And what we need in this country, now wait for this, this is so important, everybody always says this, we need, you know, and this is true, by the way, our founders envisioned a a government that had checks and balances to control the factions so that no one faction, no one majoritarian uh, group could take over, that factions needed to be balanced. Right now, we have one party rule. Biden, Schumer, Pelosi, it's time to wipe out and sweep out the Democrat Congress and allow Speaker Trump, Speaker Trump. It will solve a lot of our problems. It'll make things easy. And remember, the two reasons it will work is because we need to turn out the vote in 2022. MAG America needs to help save America. And two, in office, Speaker Trump can do all the right things to make America great again. Or as he says, to save America. I'm telling you, it's time. Get clear eyed. Speaker Trump, the case for Speaker Trump. There you have. By the way, I was the one, the first one to say it. Drop the footnote there and off we go. We will talk later. Ted Martin here on a Pro America Report. We'll be right back with some great interviews. Please come back and visit ProAmericaReport.com. If you have to break away from the uh, from listening, you can always find all of our stuff over there. ProAmericaReport.com. Be right back. Ed Martin. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Uh, time to catch up with our old friend, Lee Smith. You can follow him on Twitter, at Lee Smith DC. although I know for a fact he's no longer in the swamp or of the swamp. He was never of the swamp, but uh, he has written many books. In front of me right now is my favorite of his. He's written a couple, and you'd know many of them. The Plot Against the President is a big one. The one I like is The Permanent Coup, uh, How Enemies Foreign and Domestic Targeted the American President. Extraordinary, but he's also writing. He's a senior fellow at America's Future, an organization I work with, which has been awesome uh but lee smith i want to talk to you about this story you did an interview i think it's one america news it's up on rumble um and it's mm-hmm. nancy pelosi now yeah. run-of-the-mill corruption or run-of-the-mill uh kind of increasing or taking care of your family is it's it doesn't have to accept it to know it happens right if you're a sitting right. uh, state senator your wife may get a job with the tourism department but the nancy pelosi thing it's just amazing. And I did a segment uh, yesterday on my show where I called yeah. her Dictator Pelosi because Speaker of the House is so powerful. She showed it by throwing back in the face of the Republicans their picks for the January 6th commission. But walk us through yeah. this story and why it's worth noting. 
Well, I, I first of all, well, first of all, Ed, thanks very much for for inviting me on. It's a huge uh, pleasure and honor. Uh, I, I refer to uh, Nancy Pelosi typically as cult priestess, uh, cult priestess Nancy Pelosi, and this dates back to at least <laughs> when, during the impeachment when she was taking she was interviewing impeachment witnesses down in the basement of uh, of the Capitol, right. and they were drumming, summoning up all sorts of evil voodoo spirits down there. It's a real freak show, uh, Mm -hmm. real freak show in Washington with the Democratic Party led by Nancy Pelosi. Um, Yeah, it's it's terrible uh, what's going on because we also see it's not just the fact that she's investing in big tech firms and speaking to people at big tech firms and talking about how she's going to regulate them um, but it's also we, we see the Democrats turning around. We saw the White House turning around and picking out different people and saying, yeah, that's what we want, uh, telling Facebook, yeah, that's what we want thrown off Facebook. We don't like what they're saying. They're, they're using disinformation, so throw them out. So this relationship between the Democratic Party and uh, big tech and social media is very bad for the country. And I believe that the Nancy Pelosi issue uh, is, is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I think it's fairly it's fairly comprehensive. I mean, the, the, the Democrats have the Democrats have grabbed big tech, and big tech is playing on one side against the other. We saw this happen before the election when you know when it when it censored the information for Biden's laptop. So. Yeah, we, we we should not be surprised about this news and, and cult priestess Pelosi and big tech, but we should nonetheless be appalled and we should get our representatives, um, uh, pro-America representatives, to do something about it. We're talking with Lee Smith, the the author. He's also publishing over. He's published at Tablet Magazine for a while, but he's columnist now at the Epic Times too, which I I enjoy them a lot. And you can go on Twitter at Lee Smith DC. Um, Lee, you've been an observer, a close observer, but also a journalist inside a lot of this these stories. Um, is the is the corruption worse now? Is it more uh, more uh, obvious now? I mean, you know, and and maybe say something different is. In the usual world, even liberal journalists would have been appalled by certain things if it was coming from liberals. And they would have said, well, I'm going to make my I'm going to make my name by being the one that exposes uh, Pelosi and there's silence. So we have this weird thing where there's silence from the critical media, the role that they should play. Therefore, are they being more brazen? Is it is it the culmination of the corruption? Well, I mean, there's always been something uh, a lot of these powerful men and women have been doing. But what is this about? Uh, I mean, I think it goes back to, uh, again, you, you know, Ed, you and I have spoken about this. I think that Russia Gate was a watershed moment in American history. I think at that time, when that, that's when we first saw hard evidence of the U.S. press not just acting in a partisan fashion, but actually uh, partnering with the Democratic Party and also spy services. And you talk about liberal or left-wing journalists should be calling them out for their brazen behavior. I mean, Glenn Greenwald is one of them. This is one reason why Greenwald is, you know, is someone who, who appears on Tucker Carlson a lot, because Greenwald is someone on the left 
absolutely a man on the left who's calling this out. And Glenn Greenwald has said, I mean, he, he thinks that the most appalling display of, uh, of how the new media has behaved was, again, the, 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 the media and social media, was the censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop news, which was published by, a, by America's oldest newspaper, the New York Post, so it's certainly a legitimate media outlet. They published it. Uh, Twitter censored that news. Facebook censored that news. The prestige press, places like the New York Times and the Washington Post, CNN, NBC, they referred to it as Russian disinformation, as did new right. uh, White House spokesperson Jen Psaki. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, very different media environment than the one we saw even 20 years ago, which, again, was left-wing and partisan, but it wasn't a platform for Democratic Party and intelligence services uh, information operations. That's what it is now. Um, we're talking with Lee Smith again, one of the great writers of this time. And uh, and Lee, um, you know, you and I have talked about this part, too, but watching and the, the challenge of being a, I don't know, center right, maybe I think just be honest, uh, a journalist, but yeah. a center right journalist. And we, yet we've watched Epic Times, American Greatness. Our mutual friend Julie Kelly has become an extraordinary yeah. force at American Greatness, which, you know, was a, didn't exist in, a, in any substantial form until yeah. about five years ago. And then and, and even more, frankly, to to the anyway, the, the, there has been the ability for a leveling. You know, Glenn Greenwald is in Brazil. He lives mm-hmm. there and he's got more influence through yeah. his Substack columns than than many ger- mainstream journalists. Is that right. the future? And then the footnote I want to drop is yeah. Lee Smith. Can you write good stuff if you can expect that it's going to be targeted by the White House and 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 Facebook, the misinformation isn't just going to be on COVID. It's going to be I, right. I'm going to target so and so who I don't like their position. It, is that where we're headed? And, and therefore, uh, you know, are you going to be publishing in, in into the dark because you're going to be silenced by right. these massive tech giants? Right. Well, I mean, first of all, I agree entirely. With places like American Greatness and the Epic Times, I'm very proud and happy to write for for Epic Times. I think there is a, a, a real press arising uh, out of the ruins of what was once a, you know, was once the leading press corps in the world, right? American journalism was the, was the world's standard. Everyone, especially journalists and reporters in dangerous parts of the world and, and dangerous parts of the third world, they, they admired and looked up to the bravery uh, of our free press. This is no longer the case, right? This is this is garbage coming out of the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN. So they're finished, right? They're done. You don't you don't come back after you profile a conspiracy theory for five years. You you don't come back. But the question that you raise about you know the other people, the other writers who are uh, you know who are challenging this horrible. Uh, you know, the, the, who are challenging this horrible mainstream narrative. Yeah, I mean, they can throw you off social media, but that doesn't mean that you're not being read by people. Social media definitely helps get word out, right? It's very important right. in terms of, you know, in terms of messaging, but people will still read your work, right? I mean, look at what's happened around the world throughout history. 
things that are censored, I mean, things that are censored are widely, you know, are widely read. People will fight to read stuff that's censored. James Joyce's Ulysses is only one example. The books of Henry Miller. So when, when, when people find out, Americans especially are very curious, and Americans are a free-thinking and, 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 and unique people. When they find out that someone is being censored, their first response is, well, what's so dangerous about what that person think, what that person is thinking that the government right. or big, big tech Wants is going to yeah. shut them up? I'm going to go look and find yep. out what that person is saying. <laughs> right, right. All right, well, I'm going to go look and find out whatever Lee Smith is saying. So Lee yeah. Smith, at Lee Smith, on, at, at, at Lee Smith DC on Twitter, Epic Times, also a tablet magazine and books uh, coming. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Ed. All right, we'll take a break, everybody. Be right back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Now, last week I was previewing this interview that's coming up. <clears throat> Excuse me. I apologize. And uh, I was really interested last week, and then my schedule screwed it up. Eric Finman is a man who is well-known. He's um, he's kind of famous for being uh, really smart and really early on Bitcoin. And he's, um, uh, I'd say he's also um, very good communicator. So he's ta- he spends a lot of time communicating, talking to folks. Well, he's got some news now, which is really, really welcome. And a lot of us that have watch the effort to um, have somebody jump in and say, let's solve one problem. Like the the social uh, media is blocking uh, conservatives or shadow banning them. And then they say, oh, here comes Gab. Well, it didn't really work. And Parler got shut down and all these things. It's fits and starts. I, I'm more optimistic that Eric Finman knows how to do this. And what I've seen so far is really, really exciting. So he has come up with what is uh, called the Freedom Phone. So we'll talk about that. Eric Finman, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. What an amazing introduction. Thank you. Well, Eric, before we get to the phone, um, you know, I've heard you do this, talk about how to how to people, how to get control of their own life and how to make things. But, you know, you so young, you made uh, you made a lot of money, but you also took risks that succeeded. How did you how did you have that instinct to take risks so young? A lot of people have to work up to that in their life. You did it really young. Was it serendipity? Was it luck? Was it uh, habit? What was what got you that first the ability to do that so young? Yeah, um, I guess I was. Uh, I guess I was a really weird kid. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I think that was it. <laughs> uh, I sound like I feel like Rodney Dangerfield there, the weird kid, weird kid. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I just always was really interested in in so many different things, and I love learning. And, and Bitcoin, I guess some kids had video games, and some kids had sports. Mine was mine was getting into Bitcoin when I was like twelve years old. So you know, that's that's basically what I spent my entire entire childhood doing and eventually actually dropped out of high school and moved by myself to Silicon Valley, started a business, eventually sold that later, put all that money back into Bitcoin and kind of did well on that. <laughs> hmm. Well, all right. So, and now you're doing this freedom phone. So first let me ask you, we also tell me what it is and, and I, and why we need it, but then also why do you want to make it? I mean, you're also a business guy. You obviously think there's a market there, too. So what are you doing? What is the Freedom Phone? And then how does it what what space does it fill and why is it going to work? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think you could have made a new phone and been successful other than in the past six months uh, to now. Um, I, I, I really, I really don't think so. Um, because you see censorship; it's so bad these days. You know, they said create. You know, if you got banned off Twitter or Facebook, they said create your own Twitter or Facebook. And I think as a movement, we right. did that with Parler, but then they banned that off the App Store. And they ban other apps on right. the app store. So, well, you know, create your own phone, create your own app store. And, you know, so I did. And that's what the Freedom Phone is. It's a phone. It's a great phone. It has its own app store. It has all the normal apps your normal phone has on it, plus banned ones as well. And uh, it's it's just, uh, it's, it's amazing. And we also have, like, you know, kind of, you know, not kind of, but a lot of security features. Um, you know, I feel like most of these phones, they don't, they don't care about your privacy literally at all because they make money off exploiting it. And, uh, and and that was the whole point of this phone, is, is just having a phone that is separate from big tech, that challenges the duopoly of Apple and Google's app stores, which don't allow free speech. Apple's motto used to be think different, now they ban anyone who thinks different. And it's it's just terrible. And I think if, you know, the whole point, in, whole point of this phone was to give people a little hope that we're not just getting picked off account by account, app by app, we're actually taking the fight back to them. So how is it, um, how, you know, when I, I was actually in California, out in California this past week, and I was uh, talking about not the phone, but uh, this subject of security, how, how can you sort of stay off the system? I mean, you have to have, you have to have your own app store. So will the, will, will the applications, uh, make a, make one that fits into your system? Are you able to somehow utilize what already exists and make it fit to them? I mean, how, how, how are you going to get on? A, I hate to be like this. We're going to get on the freedom phone and you have like 10 apps only, or, or, or you know, how do you get that? How do you get scale fast yeah so um uh, uh yeah i mean we're able to transfer um pretty much most of the apps um that you have on your normal phone onto this phone and then add band ones into it and add the ability for people to obviously submit apps to our app store directly um as well so that way you can still get your banking app you can still get uber on there um, you know, if you want Facebook or Twitter, you can get on there, although I don't, I don't think you would want it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you can, you can get all those normal apps on there just fine. So you're not making like a sacrifice jumping over. And where do people buy it? If you just want to go get a freedom phone, do you buy, is it buying it online or are you buying it? And then do you get a, what, at what services do you get for the phone part? Are you having to go through regular services? Um, yeah. So you just go to freedomphone.com. That's all, that's all you go and you can get it from there. I mean, it works with uh, all carriers, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, Sprint, um, et cetera. Uh, you know, it also works internationally as well. I recommend you use Patriot Mobile. I have no partnership with them. I'm, I'm just totally freely plugging them as, a, as like, they're, they're very, you know, explicitly conservative and very secure carrier, um, Patriot Mobile. So, you know, but, yeah, I mean, it works with all carriers, your current plan. So we you're able to just switch phones. It's just like a 60-second process, and everything you need is in the box as soon as you get it is um is the uh, how is it going how is the uh you know you must have had some plan for or at least some vision of how the how uh people would uh take it up how's it going yeah i mean it's great totally tons of left-wing smears but other than that just from people that never <laughs> even found the phone or have, have never even right. held the phone in their hand but uh, I think that just shows how over target we are, um, and all that because they don't want someone, because if we have our own hardware, we're truly free because we're leasing other people's hardware right now. Um, and, uh, 
like, I mean, as, a, as like people like on Apple, um, we're just, you know, we could have the best software in the world, but we're just basically leasing their hardware. Same with Google and, and Galaxy phones and all that. It, it just, it doesn't even matter. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, they, they basically make up stuff, but you know, such as, uh, such as life. And I could have pretty much predicted everything that they were going to write. I mean, I mean, a lot of them actually, it's just, it, it's pretty crazy. I mean, they're going after, they're doxing my mom, which is crazy and saying, uh, so my mom, she worked on the uh, uh, Star Wars project under Reagan, and then some of these people are wow. saying that like you know, I'm secretly deep state, you know, <laughs> you know, and all that. Um, some people think I'm a I'm a Russian spy, and then others think I'm and uh, I'm I'm a deep, you know, my family's deep state or you know or something like that. And it's just like just because my my and my mom's Scottish, so she can take it. You know, she's tough. <laughs> she's tough that's pretty. That's pretty funny. But I'm. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, politics, I guess. But we had a great launch. We sold millions of dollars of these phones. Um, how, uh, Eric, what's the chances? And this is a question people often say. They say, uh, beware, so-and-so starts a business, they'll get bought out. And and sometimes it's a good, it's something good. Facebook, for example, sees it and they say, we'll just overpay for that and get the heck and clear that thing out, give you 10 times what you've got in it. Is there, you know, I guess you don't need the money, but you probably have investors. Is there, is, is um, are you able to resist? Do you have investors that can resist a temptation? And if you get 5 million people on your phone and buying your product and and in your sort of family, there'll be somebody that says, let me pay you 10 times that to get control of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have no investors. It's just me funding this. I spent seven figures on this phone, you know. Oh, um, okay. I, oh, that's good. Other, just assess moi. It's just me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't. I remember um, a past company. This was not one I started, but one I invested in, and it was a crypto company. And um, and the CEO of this company that I was a part of, um, you know, they met with Facebook actually and uh, and stole a lot of a lot of, of of that company's ideas. Not the phone thing, a different company. Um, so I don't like these people. I would never sell uh, to these people and all that. I've seen what they've done to friends and, and portfolio companies of mine, um, and, uh, and it, these are sick people. I mean, you know, and they hate you. And the thing is, is, is even if I don't think they would even want to buy me, just because they they don't want to even have the wish of looking like they're helping Trump supporters or, or Republicans. I mean, that's that's how bad it is. Um, you know, they they I mean, they they don't like you and and all that. None of these companies like you and that's and that's what's really sad about it and that's why i think i you know i want to create a company that that has has this movement's values i mean i grew up in north idaho so i guess i was i was very much born into those values um and uh, uh but you know I, I just think that there's a there's a rule of thumb that any company that is not explicitly conservative um becomes left-wing eventually but we just want to say we're explicitly conservative we would never i don't think we would ever sell and if we did it would never be to uh, a, a company like facebook or google or a left-wing company whatsoever very good. Well, let me, uh, I'm out of time, unfortunately. Eric Finman, the website is freedomphone.com. You can go there. It says uh, Freedom Phone, completely uncensored. Buy the phone, find out more. I'll put it up on social media. Thanks, Eric, and we'll, we'll watch it closely and encourage you. And uh, I think we need more really smart people like you trying to find ways to break the, uh, the monopoly of, uh, of both um, uh, thought and control of what we're saying. So thanks for the time. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. All right, we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Something sinister could be coming to your community by mail. 
but you'd never hear about it by listening to the mainstream news. President Joe Biden's Food and Drug Administration has declared that they will literally stop enforcing the law because of COVID-19. According to federal statutes governing the United States Postal Service, abortion-inducing drugs are not allowed to be sent through the mail. That's the law. Yet the FDA announced that they would, quote, exercise enforcement discretion, end quote, by not punishing doctors and drug companies that ignore this law. The reasoning for this egregious violation is stated as being COVID-19, but surely no one is actually buying that line. After all, when Governor Gretchen Whitmer wouldn't allow people to buy gardening supplies because of COVID, she still kept the abortion facilities open. When it comes down to it, Joe Biden does not plan on seeing this law ignored through the end of COVID. He wants to have this law ignored forever. After all, the Presidential National Declaration of Emergency doesn't expire until 2022. The left wants everyone to forget about abortion drugs by mail between now and then. That's how politicians work. They capitalize on nationwide suffering to expand their power. Tragically, the people who will suffer the most from this federal power grab are women and children. Taking an abortion-inducing drug is a major life-altering decision for both a woman and baby that should not be left up to mail-order pharmaceutical companies. Every woman should be presented with all the facts in person by a real doctor before making a decision of this caliber. Don't believe for a single second that Joe Biden is going to suddenly start enforcing laws that restrict abortion-inducing drugs just because COVID is over. Conservatives need to start the fight right now to ensure that the law is enforced right now. The Biden administration is playing for keeps, so we should not back down when countless lives are on the line. Abortion-inducing drugs should not be delivered by mail. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Despite the outrageous pro-abortion stance of many liberals, the vast majority of American people value human life. More than ever, pro-life voices need to stay vigilant and be heard. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're not backing down. Please, join us in the battle for life at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, and we have had a show. We've had a show, and I just have to encourage you. Eric Finman, you got to go read more about him on social media and other places. Extraordinary dude. Uh, check him out. His Freedom Phone is available, freedomphone.com. And Lee Smith, great interview. Lee Smith is a, I, I know I use this a lot. I think I did this yesterday for Rand Paul, but Lee Smith is a national treasure. That guy, he's such a smart thinker and a great writer, and he's really important. So right, let us finish, however, by let me explain to you something. I, I like to um, watch out. I like to watch out for what's happening in other parts of the world to see if I can see the traps for we the people. 
Because even though we are America and we the people, we don't, you know, we got to be America first. If you look over in Europe, you'll see some things. And so I was watching and I was interested to discover that Facebook, you may recall this, Facebook has a Supreme Court, a Supreme Court, the Supreme Body of Facebook, right, which is in charge of reviewing who and what can be on. So if you get blocked off of Facebook like President Trump was, you can appeal to the Facebook Supreme Court. It's actually called the Facebook Oversight Board, and it's a group of independent academic Academics, legal scholars, former politicians, and they have the final say. Now, the Facebook Supreme Court is funded by Facebook, but it has this sort of distance. It's like a nonprofit next to Facebook. So it looks like it's supposed to be, well, independent. So here is the woman who's in charge. It's the she's the Supreme Court, the chief justice of the Facebook Supreme Court. Her name is Helly Thorning Schmidt. And she's a former prime minister uh, of Denmark. Okay, so uh, Ms. Schmidt, Thorning Schmidt, I don't know if you do both names, but she was interviewed. And here's what she said. Um, the uh, first of all, she said on the Supreme Court of Facebook reviewing posts on other media platforms. This was the question. She said our oversight board is set up to be open to other social media platforms to be part of this. You would have to tweak it so it would be possible for other social media platforms to join us. But it's actually something that could happen down the line. You see what's happening? The Supreme Court of Facebook is saying that we will become the Supreme Court of Twitter the Supreme Court of Parler, the Supreme Court of Gab, the Supreme Court of Pick One. And we say, well, why would Twitter or somebody else do that? The reason why is because if they're told to, let's say that the European Union or the United States of America says, hey, if you're going to be a social media platform, we think we want accountability. Therefore, you have to go to the Supreme Court of Facebook. By the way, it's not accountability because it's all left leaning. So, well, it's not true. There's a few right leaning people on the Facebook Supreme Court, but it's mostly left uh, left leaning. And it's designed to be another bureaucratic, uh, you know, mess. That's how it's designed. So Facebook is admitting we're setting this up so we can become the check it out extra constitutional extra outside of American sovereignty body to supervise, to allow all the social media platforms. You say, wow, that's crazy. But here it gets even more amazing. This is the head, the Supreme Court Chief Justice, the Facebook Supreme Court Chief Justice. And she says, this is her being interviewed. Let me say her name again. Helly Thornig Schmidt, the former Danish prime minister, the, the, uh, the Chief Justice of the Facebook Supreme Court. She's asked on the potential role for the United Nations with the Facebook Supreme Court. She goes into an ecstasy. Here's her quote, quote, how great would it be if the U.N. had created an independent oversight board that could look into this? What content is allowed on social media platforms everywhere and balance human rights against each other? So she's saying, wouldn't it be great if they'd done that? Basically, balancing free speech with other human rights. You get that? Facebook Supreme Court is ready to be not only the Supreme Court for all social media, but it will work like the U.N., It'll be extra constitutional. It'll be extra American sovereignty. It'll be outside of our control. We'll be being judged by the prime minister of Denmark and her decisions will bind us to what we get to hear and see. Now, there's a million ways that we can uh, rehash of, uh, as a part of this country the the shift over the decades after World War II, where more and more people positioned America uh, to be, um, how to say, uh, sub- subservient, that's a little bit strong, but at least uh, uh, um, uh, under the, uh, the influence, let's say that, of the United Nations. 
and especially of of you know inter- multinational organizations and these uh, these globalist entities. But here it is: the Facebook Oversight Board, Supreme Court Chief Justice, former Danish Prime Minister Heli Thorning Schmidt, admitting. They're ready to become the Supreme Court for all social media platforms. They think it fits right in. And since the U.N. didn't move on it, why don't we go ahead and move on it? Why don't we go ahead and make it so that we can do for the world what needs to be done? And watch the end. It says balancing free speech with other human rights. Now, this is happening. This interview, by the way, happened, I think, in Brussels. It was uh, Politico EU there. The Politico EU is based in Brussels. But when they say human rights, they mean their agenda, right? They don't mean uh, protecting the unborn. They don't mean empowering parents to, con- to have more opportunities for their children, control of their children's health, uh, deciding when they get vaccinated, deciding where they go to school. No, no. They mean the basic human rights that they're talking about on the Facebook Supreme Court, Chief Justice, is the human rights like the government has to protect all the LGBTQ, XYZ, all that? The, uh, the, the state, the nations in the EU right now, you see this right now. The EU have to guide, be guided by the justice, the system of justice meted out by the EU, meaning there are judges and, ju- and, and, and courts in Brussels that rule on things and this, and the nations are made to adjust their courts according to it. That's where they're wanting to head. Now they were stopped. At the, as the Cold War imploded, more and more Americans said, yeah, we're not going to go for this globalist stuff. We're, we knew we had a threat the size of the Soviet Union. Yeah, we had a problem there. But now that that's gone, eh, we're going to stop this. Anyway, that's the Facebook Supreme Court. Wow. Wow. That should worry you. Because those are some deep pockets. Zuckerberg's got deep pockets. All right, everybody, we, have to, we got to finish up. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our great, great producer, Joanna for booking our guests, and you for listening. Please visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and uh, we will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report. Talk to you then. This is the ProAmerica Report on The Answer, San Diego.